You're listening to NES Chat, brought to you by NES Fircroft, International Workforce Solutions Specialist. Hello and welcome back to NES Chat with me, Lauren. Today I'm joined by my colleague Jason Tolley, Managing Consultant. Jason has been with NES for nine years and is a recruitment expert within the energy industry. In the last nine years, Jason has seen the energy market develop rapidly as the world invests in lower carbon technologies. It's no secret that the world's energy system is changing, but how does this growth impact the engineers that work within it? Jason, welcome to NES Chat. Hi, how are you doing? So let's get straight into it. First of all, what do we mean when we talk about alternative energy? What sorts of technologies are we talking about? So essentially, alternative energy is um, a term used with regard to sustainable energy sources outside of traditional fossil fuels. Um, so, you know, there's a l- many long-standing examples, you know, what you'd regard as renewable technologies such as solar, wind energy, geothermal and, and biomass uh, energy sources as well. However, in more recent times, what we have seen is a huge amount of innovation and development of a plethora of sustainable technologies and in industry. There's a lot of momentum that can, continues to gather behind creating um, what's been dubbed a net zero economy. Um, so this is driven both by EU legislation, um, such as the Paris Agreement, which looks at ways to combat climate change. Uh, and the UK is, is leading the way with its own initiatives as well, um, having passed um, legislation to bring all greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by the year 2050. So as a consequence, what we're seeing is a major transformation from the major energy providers such as your BPs, Shells, Totals, all those operators are shifting away from traditional upstream oil and gas. BP have recently announced, for example, they're not going to do any more drilling. Um, they're investing heavily in alternative energy solutions that will help them meet these emissions targets. Um, so there are loads of these innovative technologies, but some of the main ones that are going to be critical to achieving these goals would be the production of greener hydrogen via electrolysis, um, which is essentially a process that uses electricity to split water into hydrogen and oxygen from renewable resources. On top of that, um, you have carbon capture technologies, which are going to play a central part and will work in tandem um, with electrolyzers. And we've already seen some fantastic startup businesses in the UK develop some low cost and energy efficient solutions in this space where they can integrate the technology onto existing production facilities across a range of process industries, um, capture the CO2 that's emitted from these um, industrial flue gases during the production process, and then they can either be transported by pipelines and stored under the seabed in empty gas fields or, in tandem with other technologies, convert into usable feedstocks for new products. As well as that, you know, we're seeing some really fantastic developments in advanced battery materials, for example, um, in relation to electrical vehicles. So the list is pretty endless, really. And would you say the global pandemic has impacted growth in this sector? Pandemic certainly slowed growth in all sectors. You know, that's, that's very apparent. What we have seen, however, during this period is 
an acceleration of investment across alternative energy markets. Um, so there's been some major advancements during the pandemic in collaborative industry projects, particularly in the key UK industry clusters. A number of MOUs being signed to kickstart these net zero initiatives, many of which backed by funding from the UK government. Only this week, um, for example, we saw Boris Johnson publish and outline his 10-point plan to help reach the net zero target. And there's a commitment to invest $12 into the various initiatives that are going to help reach these goals. So uh, while there is also an industrial strategy challenge fund, that's been aimed at supporting some of these industry cluster projects. There's a name for at least one of these hubs to have reduced carbon emissions to net zero by 2040. And the idea behind that is that will position the UK, uh, the UK clusters, sorry, as top areas for global inward investment and then will drive demand for low carbon products and technologies. So to answer your question, I suppose, while there have undoubtedly been challenging times during the pandemic, there's a recognition um, that we need to continue the momentum and drive innovation. So it's certainly not slowed down um, innovation um, on, on many of these um, initiatives moving forward. So let's talk a little bit now about candidates. Many might be wondering how they can best prepare themselves for these developments. First of all, what advice would you give for prospective graduate engineers looking to move into these spaces? Well, certainly during the scale up and development of some of these technologies, what's become apparent firsthand from my experience working with some of these companies, they're putting a lot of emphasis on candidates of certain disciplines, namely chemical engineers and chemists from an academic background who have an intrinsic understanding of the chemistry and the processes that are underpinning their respective technologies. Um, For example, I've recently been involved in the recruitment of several chemical engineers um, for R&D teams of carbon capture technology startups. And preference was given for candidates who either during master's studies or PhD studies had specialised in post-combustion carbon capture as part of that, I'd undertaken relevant research projects in this space. So as such, I think my advice would be, you know, be wise for young chemical engineers um, either or thinking about a career in chemical engineering or chemistry or, or, or during their, their studies um, who are passionate about, about sustainable technologies such as carbon capture to really take the time to research the universities who specialise in these fields um, you know, off the top of my head, Imperial College London would be one, um, University of Sheffield, Harriet Watt University. You know, these are all universities who specialise degree courses in that space, and they'd have the best chance of gaining the practical experience um, required to position themselves favourably when, when the time comes to secure full-time employment in this space. Um, so that would be my one bit of advice for students uh, and graduates. And off the back of that, what about engineers currently working within energy? What existing skills are transferable into alternative energy markets? To be honest, all of the existing skills we would typically look to identify for clients in 
historic industries such as um, in the oil and gas industry or within chemical manufacturing, they're all applicable um, and they're all transferable into alternative energy sectors. It really depends more on where those respective businesses are in their development and their business model. Again, as an example, um, when supporting um, a carbon capture startup, they've successfully commercialized their technology. Um, so now they're looking to expand their business on a global scale you know, to support that, to facilitate that growth. They not only need to grow out their engineering capabilities, that engineering interface, um, which would encompass typically chemical process engineers, mechanical engineers, technical sales engineers, but they also need to grow out their project execution structures to successfully deliver projects for their customers. You know, so within that, you've got your project engineers, project managers, um, project controls, and even procurement functions. So all of the, the skills we recruit already um, within our existing customer bases, all the skills you'd expect to find in oil and gas businesses or chemical businesses, they're all applicable. It just really depends on where some of these businesses are. For example, you know, other technology-focused businesses may be earlier in their development, um, so they still might be in the the scale-up phase um, or defining their technology you know, before it's successfully commercialized on an industrial scale. So still almost that research scale, um, proving that technology works. So typically these businesses will put far greater emphasis on identifying chemical engineers and chemists with strong background in taking similar technologies through these early stage scale up processes. Um, so it's a very different set of skills for companies like that. Obviously, once commercialized, they would then follow that linear path of growing out their engineering teams, their project teams. So all of the skills we currently recruit are all applicable and transferable into these spaces. It's more a case of where these businesses are in their own development. And where would you say the alternative energy hotspots are and what projects should candidates watch out for? Um, so as I touched on earlier, there are so many ongoing collaborative initiatives in industry, both domestically in the UK and further afield in Central Europe as well, to decarbonize critical industrial clusters. In the UK, that would include, you know, the industry clusters in Teesside, Humberside, Merseyside and Scotland. And they've all got these collaborative projects and they're all, you know, they're all backed by UK government investment initiatives. Probably one of the most prominent domestically would be the Net Zero Humber project, which involves a collaboration of multiple businesses from multi a multitude of industries in the region, um, all coming together. And that would include steel manufacturing firm, power generation, chemical manufacturers, infrastructure providers, engineering firms, all coming together to decarbonize what is, as it stands, the largest industrial region in the UK. Um, so, yeah, this initiative, from what we can see, will encompass a suite of new technologies and development of, of associated infrastructure to facilitate both blue and green hydrogen production via electrolysis, as well as carbon capture, both for storage and ultimately for conversion and utilisation. Um, so the ultimate goal of that project is for the cluster to become net zero by 2040. And what's been outlined is in doing that, 
um, it'll have an enormous, not only have an enormous impact on the overall emissions target for the UK, because it's the largest industrial hub in the UK, um, but in doing so, it'll protect existing jobs, which is estimated to be 55,000 in the Humber region, as well as the potential for creating 20,000 new jobs as well. Other examples, you know, across Central Europe, we're seeing some very similar initiatives being planned, um, such as in the ports of Rotterdam and Antwerp, some of the biggest industrial hubs in, in Europe, actually. The aim there being to similarly capture the CO2 that's been emitted from some of these downstream chemical manufacturers and refineries in the hubs and transported via um, a series of pipelines that will be constructed um, to ultimately be stored in empty gas fields under the North Sea. So they're some of the real major ones, you know, which have got in terms of um, delivery of the, of the projects, ultimately, there's some pretty long timelines for those. There's also some smaller standalone projects, you know, cross industry joint ventures, one in particular, Borealis, a key client of NES already in the chemical industry, and their holding company OMV and Lafarge, a cement manufacturer. They've signed an MOU um, looking at a project where the captured CO2 from Lafarge's cement plant can be converted into synthetic fuels for the production of renewable plastics, um, which will almost enable a closed CO2 loop, if you like. So there's some really amazing initiatives going on and we're seeing it more seeing more and more of these developments almost weekly now in industry um so it's really really exciting time for for you know for some of these technology developments and lastly then before i let you go do you have any advice for engineers looking to explore a role within alternative energy i think the main thing to mention on that point although I've just mentioned and, and, and spoken about some of these initiatives and some of these major projects, so many of these projects are still very early in their development. So with key decisions around investment, where that's allocated to sanction these projects, those decisions are still to be made in, in most cases. Um, so some of these major projects won't be realised you know, for 10, 20 years. So where the more immediate opportunities are, sit with the technology providers we, we discussed earlier, those innovative startup businesses who are developing these new and novel ways to become more energy efficient in industry. As those businesses scale up, there will be a need to grow out their engineering teams as referenced before. So it's worth, my advice would be, it's worth keeping up to speed with who the key players are in these spaces or working with trusted partners such as ourselves who are already supporting a number of these fledgling businesses through their critical development phases. And another point, I suppose, is naturally when transitioning to a new industry, it may be that engineers need to develop new skills or learn new technologies, adjacent technologies to what they've previously been involved with as professional engineers. If they are passionate about refocusing in, in these new spaces, then it may need to be a recognition. They may need to be prepared to take a slight step back in responsibility or have some flexibility in their um, salary expectations in the short term while these skills are developed and they can get up to speed with, with these new technologies. 
So that would be, you know, a couple of points worth bearing in mind for anyone who's interested in um, in refocusing in these new areas. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks, Jason, for joining us here on NES Chat. Thanks very much. Not a problem. Thank you, Jason, for joining me today and providing us with some key insights into the exciting world of alternative energy. That's all we have time for today, but if you found this episode insightful and you'd like more information on how we support clients and candidates within the energy sector, check out our website, www.nesfurcroft.com. We have tons of sector insights, career advice, and of course, job vacancies, so why not have a browse? And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes to make sure you don't miss an episode of NES Chat. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to NES Chat. Brought to you by NES Fircroft, International Workforce Solutions Specialist. If you enjoyed this, make sure you look out for the next episode. 